How Feels the World is a product of our unique experiences and context. Throughout our lives, the blank canvas of our global understanding is filled with perspectives and knowledge that we encounter in our everyday lives, not possibly identical to that of anyone else. But are we missing a fundamental concept when looking at the world in such a way? Hey, welcome back to the Workings of Worldviews podcast with Emily. Today, we return with our focus on perceptions of the world around us through time and how they are shaped through mediums. Back to the topic at hand, I believe we miss the most crucial factor in our existence and our subsequent worldviews. What makes us similar? Throughout our entire existence, narratives and stories have reflected past and present worldviews and differing perspectives. Within these narratives, there are even smaller narratives, ones that overshadow all contexts and mediums of storytelling. These tie us together in humanity. These narratives underlie our very understanding of the world, subconsciously modifying and reconstructing our views, either past or present. It would be almost impossible to delve into underlying narratives and their timelessness without diving into Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. This novel was written in the early 19th century, yet still possesses astounding popularity today. The reason for this? It is the narratives within the transcend context and are relevant beyond their relation within a text that captivate us time after time. Sure, we might be enticed to weigh the depths of Austen's Regency-era society and Pride and Prejudice as a form of escapism, but in reality, it is that surviving thread of connection to our modern world through narratives that keeps us present and engaged. This has been established in the appropriation by Hank Green and Bernie Sue, The Lizzie Bennet Diaries. The series is available on YouTube and adapts the novel to a modern context in which it is seen to uphold the same core narratives. Enduring novels and their narratives within are essential mediums in filling the great canvas of our understanding as they reveal a lot more about our context and other contexts than we might have previously thought. If one factor of life has endured throughout time, it would be power. This element is present in every context and is crucial, whether it be in sustaining order among societies, fueling the fire of uprisings, or just within micro-interactions and relationships. The latter is best portrayed in Austen's Pride and Prejudice. The realism of this novel is quite eccentric for its time period, in which many novels tended to avoid the mundane, as the realist movement did not start until the mid-19th century. Its narratives and themes also questioned and challenged the societal structures of the era. This was uncommon for this time period, especially for female writers, which makes the examination of Pride and Prejudice through a feminist lens so notable. I personally feel that Austen's representation of female power within the novel is overlooked, and many people immediately contrast the experiences of women today with those of the Regency era, pitying them as a result. I believe that Austen's characterization explored so much more than that. Even from an outsider's perspective, it can be found quite plainly that Elizabeth represents much of Austen's beliefs to do with women in society through the use of free and direct discourse. It is through Elizabeth that Austen is able to voice her frustration and confusion with the world, as seen in Elizabeth's refusal to conform if it does not suit her. Her non-conformity being emphasised with the refusal of marriage to both Mr Collins and Mr Darcy, initially of course. This exhibits her clear sense of self-worth and determination to stay true to herself and her happiness, and not to what society expects of her. On the contrary, Charlotte Lucas has quite a different mindset to Elizabeth, as she is grounded within the Regency context. She finds life easier whilst just accepting social norms in order to reach her state of fulfilment. If a woman conceals her affection with the same skill as the object of it, she may lose the opportunity of fixing him. She perceives actions and behaviours with close accordance to practicality and social expectations, well, especially those of women. This is in no way degrading to her level of power, as she is simply the realest character in Austen's novel and most likely to resemble most women within the real-life context of the time. Her power was attained by the very nature of adhering to society, as she had the ability to seize an opportunity and increasing her societal rank and situation, and she took it. 
This displays the confidence that women obtained and how they were determined to find success in life despite their pitiable context. Aside from these strangely ahead-of-their-time feminist outlooks on Regency life by Austen, it is still evident that there are distinct differences between our modern society and the Regency era. As seen within the Lizzie Bennet diaries, women have less expectations to uphold, and often those who still believe in those traditional gender roles are alienated. This is depicted through the independence of the Bennet daughters and Lizzie's constant mocking of her mother through costume and roleplay. Lizzie often uses bright, frivolous clothing when acting as her mother, as well as a heavy accent. This caricature clearly displays Lizzie's disapproval of her mother's compliance with traditional beliefs and structures. Power was also heavily intertwined with distinct social class, with Christianity often being aligned with government and law. Austen's characterization of Collins contributed to this, in which his status as a clergyman in relation to Lady Catherine's higher status significantly influenced his level of self-worth and self-proclaimed power. It is apparent through the way in which he issues his opinions on matters without any consideration about his doing so. To console yourself as much as possible, to throw your unworthy child from your affection forever and leave her to reap the fruits of her own heinous offence. Within this response of Mr Collins to Lydia's elopement, the mentioning of fruits can be attributed to an allusion to the Bible and the forbidden fruits representing the actions of Lydia as a consequence of her disconnection with religion. Collins seems to look down on Wickham and Lydia as his status is so dependent on the church that anything conflicting with tradition and religion is classed as uncanny and is despised. The Lizzie Bennet Diaries, his influence from religion is dramatically reduced, with much less appropriate language choices as well as sexual innuendo which would be frowned upon within the Regency period. When Lizzie dressed up as Jane to imitate her, even early on in the storyline, Lizzie referenced sex before marriage, which would be quite unconventional in the previous context. Or maybe we'll just date for a while, get our sexy times on, that kind of thing. Just this mention really demonstrates the lessened group of religion on society, as many thrived in life unaffected by religious beliefs or practices. This brings us to the other umbrella which enveloped much of the Pride and Prejudice storyline, the narrative of marriage. Seen in the portrayals in the Lizzie Bennet diaries from before, it is evident that marriage has changed in meaning throughout the course of time between each of the two contexts. In the Regency period, marriage was a significant rite of passage for any individuals in search of or in possession of wealth. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. This absolutely iconic first line displays Austen's wit and cleverly sets the tone of the novel through the use of irony. It is so ironic as it becomes quite apparent that the women instead are the ones in more desperate need of husbands than the husbands are in want of them. This links to the patriarchal society and the legal processes which restricted women in terms of their benefits and opportunities within society. The policy of entailment was one that generally kept property within a family for generations, concentrating family wealth. The land was passed along to the eldest son of each household, which meant that daughters had no wealth to their name and had to earn their own wealth through the process of preferment, which entailed marriage. However, this was also the same for younger sons, as they were not entitled to entailment opportunities. Generally, though, this is the reason marriage was seen as a much more practical aspect of life for women, as a way to ensure social and financial security. Happiness in marriage is entirely a matter of chance. Charlotte's iconic and arguably most depressing line is so integral to understanding the reality of the novel's time period. Austen's characterization of Charlotte embodies the reality that was for a lot of women in this time period. This translates to the modern adaptation of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, with Charlotte exhibiting that happiness is a matter of choice, as when she was presented with a business opportunity with Collins, she took the opportunity. This was in the hopes of still reaching financial security, but also because she is passionate about making content and videos, and her choice in this situation determined both her happiness and also associated social benefits. 
Overall, the novel of Pride and Prejudice and its modern adaptation of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries clearly displays the relationship between enduring narratives and society. These narratives within text transcend the context in which they are originally written and can be reapplied to modern scenarios. This is how they continuously shape our worldviews and understanding contemporary society and reshape the way we view historical context.